According to one of the leading experts in Christmas time, he's a wise sage. You may know him as Buddy the Elf. Um, he says the best way to spread Christmas cheer is. Only like three of you know that? Remember Buddy the Elf, how at the end of this movie, Santa couldn't. It's a great movie. You should see it. It's awesome. But he said the only way to really spread Christmas cheer is for singing loud for all to hear. And that's what we do around Christmas time, don't we? So many singing opportunities, concerts, or different pageants you may be going to, different Christmas uh, opportunities in the mall people are singing. Uh, we were to do some singing today. We already did that. We'll do some at the end. We'll do some at Christmas Eve. Some of you guys and some of you girls are like, I don't like singing. <laughs> and that's Okay. But I want to tell you why we do it. Have you ever questioned why do we sing more than ever around this time? Well, that's what we're going to look at today in our Unwrapping Christmas Message series, Why Singing? And I want to take you down uh, the road of history just for a moment to explain where this even came from. So the word carol literally means a song or dance of joy. And they started singing carols in Europe hundreds of years ago. And it was not to celebrate the birth of Jesus. It was actually nothing to do with a religious kind of song or celebration. It was actually to celebrate the winter solstice because that was the shortest day of the year. And so they started to sing these songs and talk about different things around that time. And then all of a sudden around the same time, people started to come to know Jesus and because they started to come to know Jesus, instead of singing these songs that have nothing to do with God, they started to change some of the words so they had to do with celebrating the birth of Jesus. I thought that was really cool. You take these songs that have nothing to do with God and you redeem them. You start to sing about Jesus because when Jesus changes everything, you can't help but sing back to him. I think of this great quote from a professor that she says, music is so deeply ingrained into what it means to be a human being. It was probably one of our first ways of expressing humanity. It's hard to separate. Humans have rhythm. Humans sing. We like music. And it's a primary means of our spiritual and religious expression. That's why we sing. It's in us. And it has to come out of us, especially when it's about Jesus. How can we not sing? How can we not worship? How can we not celebrate all that has happened. Now, I told you that Christmas carols originated in Europe hundreds of years ago, but I don't actually agree with that technically. If we took history all the way back, I believe Christmas carols began in Scripture. Because when we look at the birth of Jesus, there are so many different characters in the story, whether you recognize it or not, that are singing, that are worshiping. Because God has come down in the flesh. How can we not celebrate? How can we not be moved unto song and worship? Uh, let me just give you a few. First of all, we know that Mary worshiped, the mother of Jesus. I love her worship song here. Luke 1, 46 through 49. Mary responded, Oh, my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. Now, what's so beautiful about this is you have this unwed, pregnant teenager who finds out she's pregnant, and then she's pregnant with the God of the universe. 
If I was in her shoes, I would be fearful. I would be scared. I wouldn't know what to do. And there was some of that for sure with Mary. But Mary did not stay quiet. She worshiped. She sang. She knew what was coming. Yes, she got to be a part of it, but she also knew for generations, even now, we get to celebrate the newborn king. And so she worshiped. She had to sing. Or what about the, uh, what about the angels that worshiped? Luke 2, 13 through 14. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven. Peace on earth to those that God is pleased. So you have this lone angel making this announcement to these shepherds. And then following this lone angel is this army of angels. And they're singing because they know exactly what they got to see in heaven. They got to see the glory of God. Most of these angels around the heavenly throne, seeing God's character, seeing how amazing he is. And now the world gets to discover that in Jesus. And they can't help but what? Sing, worship, express their gratitude and their love for God of the universe. And then we keep going. The shepherds worshiped. Luke 2.20 the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they heard and seen. Now, a shepherd was just an ordinary person, an ordinary person who was taking care of farmland, taking care of sheep. And the angels, they come to these shepherds and they tell the shepherds, they include him in this story of what Jesus is going to do. And these ordinary shepherds, they go back, they're changed by this news. They can't help but glorify God. What sticks out to me about the shepherd, of all the people to include, angels, I understand, Mary, I understand, we'll see the wise men pretty soon, I understand, but normal, ordinary shepherds expressing this extraordinary gift of Jesus. It reminds us of you and me. Most of us, probably all of us, are just ordinary people trying to work hard, trying to take it day by day in life, trying to do our very best to parent or grandparent. We're just ordinary people. And yet God chooses the ordinary to express the extraordinary. That it's through people like you and me that we get to sing and express our hearts before the Lord, just like these shepherds were selected to do. And then, of course, the wise men. They worshiped. Matthew 2, verse 2. Where is this newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we've come to worship him. These astrologers, these different scientists, maybe theologians, these very, very smart people had to leave where they were to go and find the king so they could literally bow down and worship him. You see, when you discover who Jesus really is, doesn't matter if you're wise like the wise men or ordinary people like Mary or the shepherds, of course, the angels as well. You can't help but sing. So if you don't have a good voice, that's okay. Most of us don't. That's why they're up here and we're down there. But it doesn't matter what you sound like. What matters is our life sings a song of worship. When you come to know Jesus, not just around Christmas time, but in all times, we sing a song that Jesus has come to us and he's transformed our life and we want others to know that. That's what I love about singing. 
It's not just something that we read in Scripture. It's something that we ought to do, and it's something that reaches others when we do it well. A couple weeks ago, the chapel, we celebrated the church has left the building. It was a weekend, hopefully, that you participated in where we said, hey, we love coming to church, but we're all Christ followers in here mostly, and we need to go out into the world and let our good deeds shine. So like Jesus said, so that the Father gets praise for that. And so many of us did different things, and my family, we went to a nursing home, but a couple other families and different individuals did something incredible. They went to the mall. Oh, I didn't finish that text. I'm so sorry. Let me finish verse 11 here. I got too excited. I want to show you these pictures. They entered the house, saw the child with his mother Mary. There they are. They bowed down and worshiped him. Here's the pictures I wanted to show you. These are some of our friends, some of you actually see up here this morning, who went to the mall and they worshiped. I don't know why they didn't ask me. I Maybe because they've heard me sing before. But these folks who have such a gift for singing, and what's so incredible is that when people were walking by as they purchased shoes or clothes or whatever they did to go to the mall, they're hearing our incredible worship team, all volunteers up there, by the way, singing about Jesus. And I wonder sometimes if you don't know Jesus or you're exploring Jesus and you love the Christmas time feel, yeah, we like presents and food and family, but I wonder sometimes if it's because of some of the songs. And in those Christmas carols lies the truth of the gospel. That sometimes we're singing along with the radio. No, I'm not talking about Mariah Carey songs, but other carols. We're just singing along because it's a Christmas song we've learned as a child. But what we don't know is that we're actually singing the truth of the gospel. I love what my favorite author, Tim Keller, says in his book, Hidden Christmas. He says, every year, our increasingly secular Western society becomes more aware of its historical roots, many of which are, funda- are the fundamentals of the Christian faith. Yet there it is. Once a year at Christmas, these basic truths become a bit more accessible to enormous audience. At countless gatherings, concerts, parties, and other events, even when most participants are non-religious, The essentials of the faith can sometimes become visible. With brilliant economy of style, like the carol, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, gives us a summary of the entire Christian faith. That's what Christmas is all about. And when we're singing these songs, it's not just something that we do because that's just what you do at Christmas time. No, it originated around the birth of Jesus. People had to worship, and that was carried through. And when you and I sing these songs, not only are we announcing our faith, we're announcing to the world what we believe in the world who may not come to church, who may not know Jesus, even if they turn on the radio, hears a song like this, and they are hearing the truths of the gospel. It's a way to share our faith through song. And so what I thought would be cool is for the next few moments, I want to walk you through this song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And I want to show you, whether you believe or not, the tenets of the faith hidden within this beautiful song. For instance, and you can sing it along with me if you want, but Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Who is Jesus? Well, here's what the carol says. Christ by highest, heaven adored. Christ, the everlasting Lord. The forever king of the universe. 
He is the everlasting Lord. We sing about that in this song. What do we know about him? Well, he was the offspring of a virgin's womb. It was a miracle that Mary had Jesus. We sing this in this song. Who is Jesus? Well, he's veiled in flesh. The Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. Jesus, in talking to the Pharisees, they're trying to ask him, who is God? And Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. There it is, veiled in flesh, all God, all human, Jesus, the incarnate deity, standing in our midst, coming to our broken world to be with us. But why did he do it? What did he come to do? Well, peace on earth and mercy mild. How do you get that? Well, God and sinners reconciled. Pastor Ryan just said it. Peace. Peace. All of us long for it. In our world nowadays, I would trade all the gifts in the world to have peace. This world started out as a world of peace. Shalom. Everything was as it should in the world and in our lives. And then what happened? Sin broke that. That's why Jesus had to come. He came to reconcile what that was broken. You and I have broken relationships with God. We have broken relationships with others. We have broken relationships even with ourselves. We don't like what's in here. And he has come to reconcile all of that to one another because we can be reconciled to God through Jesus. That's why he died on the cross. Yes, we celebrate the birth of Jesus now, but if you trace that all the way through 33 years later, there's Jesus on the cross dying on the cross for our sin, for our death, so that you and I can live forever so we can be reconciled and have peace. If you long for peace, it's available through Jesus. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled through Christ. He's the light and the life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. It talks about in the Gospels that Jesus came as a light, and he has lit the path so that you and I don't have to live in darkness. All people without Jesus live in darkness, which simply means we live in confusion. We live without worth. We live without hope. We're trying to go around in like a dark room, trying to find the light, so it's Jesus is the light. He paves the way for you and I to live a life of worth and value and meaning and purpose. He gives us that by following him. And what I really love about this second part is risen with healing in his wings. All of us are broken. All of us are screwed up. All of us are messed up. All of us have things in our lives where we don't like about each other. I was texting my wife, Paula, this morning before I left, and I said, I'm sorry that I'm me, (laughs) and I'm trying to grow, and yet I think I am, but it's a really, really slow process. And Jesus' process, it's slow in becoming Jesus in our lives, but he has come to bring healing He has come to make you your very best version of yourself. The very things you don't like about you, the very things that you hurt others with, Jesus will heal that and make you more like him. That's why he's come, to make us whole. How did he accomplish it? Mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die. 
humanity doesn't have to die anymore. When we take our last breath, Jesus came to promise us that it would be our first breath in eternity. Our, our church has gone through a really tough tragedy this past week. I don't know if you've seen in the newspaper, but there was a, a woman in Vermilion that passed away Friday morning of a car accident. And that woman goes to our Sandusky campus. Beautiful soul. An incredibly vivacious, magnetic person. And sadly, she didn't see a truck. She went in it, ended up saving her son and his son's friend in the back by the way she ended up turning the vehicle. And you know, I'm standing in the hospital room hours later with her grieving husband. and He talked about hope. He talked that his wife is in heaven. Jesus came so man doesn't have to die. Yes, she died, but she's alive now. How is that possible? How can that be? Because Jesus came down and, for, and, and did not allow his God-like essence to be the thing that he carried through. He laid that aside and became a human like you and me. One of my favorite texts that just shows the very essence of this truth is Philippians 2, 6 through 8. And it's a passage that we talk about often, but I think we need to do that because it's even hard to grasp how incredible God's love for us is that he would do this. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God. And in doing so, he died a criminal's death on a cross. He came to lay his glory down so that man does not have to die. Grateful for that truth this morning. How can this life be ours? And in this song it says, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Tim Keller, he says it this way, through an inward spiritual regeneration, so radical that as we have seen, it has been called the second birth. And this hearkens what Jesus says in John 3.3, 3, Unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What Jesus is saying is simple. When you and I were born, we were given life. Jesus says you have to be born again to have life. Not physical life, but spiritual life. To have life here and life for eternity, it's believing in Jesus. And when you do that, you have this second birth, so to speak. You have a life of meaning and purpose and value, living for Jesus and being with Jesus for the rest of eternity. So if you wonder why we sing during this time, this is why. For not only do the main characters of the story of Jesus' birth sing and worship, we have songs now that we sing and we worship because it's the gospel, it's the good news of what Jesus has done for us. And when you and I sing those songs, we're participating in that truth. And so let me just give you a couple next steps as we close our time together. First of all, invite someone to enjoy the music of Christmas at our Christmas Eve services. We have an incredible worship team. They're going to join us on stage now because we're going to sing a song at the end. There are family members and friends of yours who don't know Jesus. 
Why not bring them here and allow our worship team to sing songs of truth? Because you just saw, just like in the song that we just looked at, the truth of these songs that we sing shares about the good news of Christ. And so invite someone here. I know sometimes it's hard and risky and weird, but here's what I have found out. I oftentimes get more yeses than noes. I have been the one getting in the way because I've been scared or worried what they think. Well, if I know Jesus, I'm secure in him, so I'm going to invite that person. They'd say no, so what? But what if they say yes? What if it's through the songs that we sing and the truth of God's word that we teach that they say, wow, I want to know Jesus. We invite them to our church to do that. But here's the greatest thing. You don't have to invite them to church in order to do that. You can live the song of Jesus out every single day in your life. And this is why the next step is more important than the first. Ask yourself, am I embodying the truth of these Christmas carols in my own life? And if not, what needs to change? So if I'm inviting someone to church and I want them to hear the truth of the gospel and the songs that we sing, how is my life communicating that to those before I do that? Is my life full of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control, all the fruits of the Spirit that people could say, man, that guy or that girl's different. If not, what is going on in our lives that would prevent someone from coming to church? Not because they don't want to come to church, but maybe they don't trust our lives and not communicating that truth. It's one thing to sing a song. The most important thing is to live it out loud. And that's what we're challenged to do. So as we close our time, I thought, I don't think we should just read about Hark the Herald Angel Sings. I think we should sing it too. And as you sing it, think about the truth of what God has done for us. Stand with us in worship. song. 